Las Noches, San Antonio. It's Puto SAFC. Shattuck. And Clayton is here. And special guest. Hayden Partain. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you supposed to say that? I'm sorry. I didn't, we, didn't, we didn't set that up properly. Hayden <laughs> We're not used to doing this with three people. It's a weird thing. It's hard. But the uh, special music was for our special guest, Hayden Partain. That was Dallas's own uh, Pantera. And special guest, Hayden Partain from the Dallas Metroplex area. I came up with that. And, Did and you know was, who that was? I did not, but what? it sounded great. I thought you were I thought you were a, a, know, a metal I, guy. I thought you liked the heavy stuff. I'm more of a grunge guy, but All right, okay. By mm. by, by like half the I mean, first of all, that was one of the longest intros ever, so I'm honored. Second of all, <laughs> halfway through it my head was kind of banging, so it was great. Good. All right. Well, that is Dallas's own pan, Pantera and uh and I that was that was for you. I figured for sure you would you would be a Pantera guy, Hayden, but but what do you know? All right. Okay, Matthew, what, what's going on? Well, it's Puto preseason, and we're rocking a special edition. We're here in the SAFC parking lot. I can see Toyota Field. Yeah. Pretty nice. We got friend of the pod, special guest Hayden Partain. And I think what's Puto SAFC about this, or what's Puto San Antonio, is that we're sitting in a running car with the heater going because, uh, <laughs> like, like true South Texans, we are not sitting out in the cold doing this like in the parking lot like we normally do <laughs> no joke um you want to hear the uh full cv of mr partain you know first of all we'd like to thank hayden for being here with us <laughs> okay first of all and for those of our listeners that don't know who hayden is matthew give us a little rundown all right here we go this might take a while you ready for this it's gonna be impressive yeah born in 1994 sorry if that embarrasses you but that's on wikipedia <laughs> here we go every team i wonder how many of these teams how many teams can you guess that Mr. Partain played for? I can guess them all because I oh. I Wikipedia'd our, Let's our, go. our guest and did some research. <laughs> yeah, I see no notes. So, go. Uh, Solar Club, Dallas Solar ooh. Dallas Solar Club as youth. True or not true? Yes. All right, I right. love it. And then, ooh, the high school, I'm not going to know because, oh. because when I was growing up, where he's from didn't really exist. I think it I know it. It wasn't a real place. Frisco, Wakeland. Yes, that's correct. Wake, Wakefield or Wakeland? Wakeland. Is there a Wakefield also? No. Somewhere. Okay. They, did, they weren't as good as us. So Two-time two time state champ. All right, fr- Frisco. Two-time? The school is like multiple. You. I'm only one. One-time state one champion. But, but, a, but a Texas state champion. Texas state champion. All right, yeah. at 4A, 5A level. 4A at that time when there was only 5A. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I was a freshman. So All right. I got, like newcomer. Is that your year. only play? The only year you played? No, I played my sophomore year, but then I fractured my femur, so I didn't like finish the season. Okay. So it was a real full year. All right. So we got, we got high school taken care of. <laughs> uh, Wake Forest University. Correct. Demon, Demon Deacon. Correct. So yes. Wakeland and then Wake Forest. Yeah. So you they're, got the wakes. You got your wakes taken care of. I didn't make of. it to a Wakefield, but. <laughs> <laughs> and. Played in how many national championship games with Wake Forest? One. One national One. championship game. Yeah. All right. And then now that now's where it gets a little dicey for me. Mm. <laughs> um, Des Moines Menace. Yep, Des Moines Menace. First stop professionally. It was amateur at that time. I was in the draft and I didn't get picked up. And then I went on like it's a crazy story, but I went on ten USL trials. Whoa. Didn't sign. Whoa. And then I played at Des Moines. And then uh, a guy at SAC got injured, and then I went to – I'm not going to say the full team. You can say the full team. How quickly – how much time <laughs> would it take for you to name the 10 different USL teams that you tried out for? Oh. Let, let's see. Can you think you can yeah. do it in under a minute? Yeah. Pittsburgh Riverhounds, North Carolina FC, um, Tulsa Roughnecks. Um, 
I was at Cincinnati for a little bit before they were MLS. Uh, who was a OKC <laughs> six? Um, and it's funny because then after all that, I went to I signed for a better team than all of these. Um, there was another one. Yeah, that was that was about it. All right, we'll give Wait, that. We'll give that. That, that counts. That's good. When you do that, is that like one day and you do practice and they say thanks, see ya? No, no. I was. I, they would put me up in a hotel, fly you out, all this. A couple places, I, like the Oklahoma places, I drove there, and I like lived out of my car. Is that a trial? Whatever you think is a trial. No, it's like it seems like dungy. You're skipping meals, sleeping in your car, trying to make a team. For, that kind like of, for how long is that? I did like each team or just in general. Uh, like trying general. Out. It depends. You could go on a trial for a week. Like, say a team's, like, already started preseason. You can go on a trial for a week. That's pretty standard. Um, you can go to open trainings. San Antonio does open trainings. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's really hard to really hard to be selected out of that. Um, some, were some of those teams open tryouts, like, that they advertise oh, in the newspaper? Oh, yeah. I did a San Antonio tryout. <laughs> yes! I did my very first one, actually. So, I don't know how I did it. Were they the was Scorpions it right here? or the SAFC no, back then? Was it, was it right here at Star Complex, no, where we're sitting? Star. It wasn't at Star. It was over mm. at a college over here. And you know who tried out with me? Maxi Rodriguez. And they signed Maxi, and they let oh. me go. Interesting. They, 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 it was when Darren Powell was a the coach. They offered me to be a training player. And I was like, I can't, like, how, so how you, am I going to eat? You were living, like, what, what people that maybe aren't familiar with with soccer stuff, like, like almost like a minor league baseball experience. Oh, Like, yeah. the way that you would envision a minor league baseball experience. Just down in the, down in the you know, nitty-gritty, like, I'm you thinking, know, like, how taking us, like, would they give you a stipend? Would they give you a meal stipend for the week and stuff like that? It depends. Every club is so different. Their standards are so different. Mm, one, okay. One will have, like, gear for you, and then another, you're literally wearing your own gear. All right, so then, so, so first... First long. Oh, let me ask you this. Oh, I have a question. I'm sorry. Did you have a Did you have an agent while all this was going on, or were you just doing this on your own? Yeah. So I had an agent when I was in the draft and and whatnot, and it just it didn't work out. My expectation for him was one thing, and his expectation expectation for me was another. And we still have a good relationship, but we parted ways. Okay. So then when I went to Des Moines, um, I didn't end up having an agent, and I did it all on my own. So I actually went pro. Without an agent. So you signed a contract with them. That was just basically they handed you a piece of paper and you said, thank you for having me. Yeah. And uh, yes. like, I'm, I'm glad that somebody wants me. Yeah, I signed it and I signed when I did end up signing in the USL championship, which was just USL at that time. Um, I signed it. I signed like a six month contract because it was halfway through the season. And then I got an agent before the next season. Okay. So it was Des Moines before Sacramento. Yeah. So I, I bought a one way ticket from Des Moines with all my money. To Sacramento to go on trial, and wow. then I made the team. There. Wow, yeah. man, that's a big risk, huh? You think you played better because you bought a one-way ticket and <laughs> had no money? Uh, <laughs> I didn't play. I didn't. I don't know. I really didn't think about it. I was just, I was just thankful to go there. And the coach at that time uh, there was uh, Paul Buckle, um, and he believed in me. I could tell, like, when I had spoken with him, and yeah, no, it was great. It was great. Was Marcina your coach in Des Moines? No, he was the year after. John Pascarello was my coach. Okay. Yeah. And so how long were you with Sacramento? How many seasons? Three seasons. And so do, would you say that that's when you really became a professional soccer player? Like you like, you think you learned the most about what it takes to, to do it day in and day out and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. My second season pro, um, that's where I really kind of like found my own. I played 
every game that season. I actually played outside back a little bit that season to co- to help cover for some injuries we had, um, and we we ended up beating like the number one seed, Real Monarchs, and had a pretty good uh, off season run. Um, yeah, I would say my second year there was good, and my third year was kind of a little different just because. Um, I didn't play as much. I went through a, a knee surgery, and then I ended up winding up in San Antonio. But you came here in the off season or in the middle of the season? I came here in the off season after the third year. Yeah, after the third year. And was that an agent type deal, or was that you just being interested in, in coming down here? How yeah. did how did your connection with San Antonio come about? Yeah, a little bit of Des Moines, a little bit of agent connection, a lot of bit of agent connection actually, and um, me being from Texas, it just kind of it just kind of all worked out. Um, and that was great. And everything went great then until kind of like COVID changed things, you know? Right. Yeah. You uh, think if COVID hadn't happened, you'd still play? <clears throat> yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. I got, I tore my calf coming back from COVID cause I, I had ankle injuries, many ankle injuries and we did a lot of zoom workouts and I think I probably should have managed it myself a little bit better. I just was trying to go hard because once we come back from COVID, I mean, we were all hungry to play. Hmm. Once we come back from COVID, I wanted to be ready. And so I tore my calf and then ended up being more, more like more severe, severe tear than um, we had all thought, even the doctors. And so I came back too fast and then I retore it and then the team was killing it. So I really never got back into the, the squad and other than like closing the game out when, you know, Alan needed me to like, kick people and kick the ball out you know what I mean which which if you're a pro like yes sir no sir you do that and I was happy for the team because we were playing extremely well but that's just football like if the team's playing well and you're not in it it's just timing it's just unfortunate you know Um, that's interesting I when um when you're not around the team mm -hmm. or when you're when you're injured does it does it still feel like you're part of the team, or do you, or are you kind of on your own? You're not seeing the guys every day. Like, how how, how does that how does that work for people that aren't real familiar with? Like, yeah. I mean, you're, are you are you going out watching the training sessions? Or are you coming in and doing your own workouts like mm-hmm. on, on separate? How does that work? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it it depends on the club. It depends on the culture. So I was at two different clubs. Things were done very well, but very differently. Um, when you're injured, you're basically on double duty. You're doing two jobs, essentially. You're here way earlier than others, and you're here way later than the others. Um, you do your therapy and arrive earlier before guys get treatment and whatever they need before training. You'll do your therapy on the side of the field while you're watching training um, with, your, with the you know, physical therapist and trainer and whatnot. Um, and then after, you'll have things as well. So you do, in a sense, feel like part of the team, but you're not in it, you know, grinding with them day in and day out, but you are there. But then the part that depends is the type of team you're with, right? The SAFC, like they're all about culture, which is amazing. So you still, you're in the locker room with the guys, your relationships are strong. They'll check in on you like, hey, how's your progress? How's everything going? So I still felt like I was a part of the team, even though I wouldn't travel with them or whatnot. So um, yeah, that'd, that'd be my answer for that. Well, last team, SAFC, mm-hmm. just 2020? Just 2020, yeah. 2021? I wanted to be here 2020. Final team, 
James Gang. <laughs> how do you forget oh, I don't that? Know how we forgot Jesus. about that? Come on now. James Gang. Coming yeah. off a heater tonight. You had a great game with I think I think did you score? Yeah. I One scored. goal. Yeah. Second leading score tonight. <laughs> solid, solid game. Oh, I have a follow up question about with all the with all the stops that you've made and all the different. Did you ever at any of these clubs? Um, did you ever have a second job like that they that that, that you worked or were you ever expected to have a second job yeah. or did a, anything like that? Yeah, so in Sacramento, um, I had always done private training, even in college. And in Sacramento, because I was there for such a long time, I actually had around 20 players that I trained privately. And then I worked with a local, um, I was a coaching director at a local um, rec club called Land Park Soccer Club. And so I basically did things to help train the coaches because rec coaches are all volunteer, right? Right. Now, now there's some that, you know, they knew their stuff, but there's others that are just parents because they needed a coach. Sure. So um, I was a resource to the club and that was really cool because I was involved in the community and those were people that were, you know, in the in the stands. And did like the club, did, did Sacramento like put you in touch with those people to help facilitate that or did you just do that on your own? Yeah, that's me and my just entrepreneurial spirit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good. Wait, okay, yeah, so 2021 sideline reporter on yeah. the Bally Sports. 2022, are you talent again I for this know. squad? Yeah, I don't know. You don't know. know yet? I don't know yet. I don't know yet. But you haven't that decided? Was, no, it's just, uh, I mean, even last year, it was, that we, ta- we were talking about it right before the season started. So it wasn't like a long timeline leading up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that started, that happened um, cause I just had a really good, I still have a really good relationship with Tim Holt and, um, I don't know what my exact role, if I was supposed to be in the booth or whatever, but I had fun with it and it was cool to be a part of the team in kind of a different lens. It was almost like being a coach, but not having the pressure of being the coach. Cause I had like the same sideline view. And did and you it, have like a contract with Spurs Sports and Entertainment last season when you were doing that? I was basically a private contractor. Okay. Yeah. But, and so for our listeners that don't know. Hayden was a sideline reporter. Would that be the title you think that, that it would be? Yeah, sideline reporter. I, I attempted to. <laughs> well, I, and I was thinking about it on the way over here when I was thinking about talking. I don't think that I saw any other game. So Matthew and I watch every game, you know, mm-hmm. like whether it be home or away. And I don't think I've seen any other um, any other teams in the league that have a sideline reporter. That's and true. I thought And I thought that was a really cool thing that we have. You know, like, I mean, generally the guy – They'll be a play-by-play guy mm-hmm. and then a, and then a color guy. Well, so often it's just like the league staff, not even the home yeah. broadcast. Yeah, yes, good point. It's John yeah. Jones. Well, yeah, but it depends on the game. It mm-hmm. depends on the level of the game. Like mm-hmm. if it's on ESPN and stuff, USL brings in their own guys. But yeah, but even even point, the ESPN games, I don't think they, they don't had have, a side. They don't have a sideline guy. Yeah, you know. No, no, I agree, and and it's cool because like Fox Sports and MLS, they they have a sideline uh-huh. um, person. So it was cool to do that, and I felt like. We were trying to go for the whole point when they brought me in was just kind of go for more well-rounded, you know, production, you know. And I had fun. Um, the guys, you know, they they taught me a lot, and it's not easy. I will say, my first experience doing it was not easy. They're like, "All right, Hayden, you're gonna look over here at this camera with a red light about 70 yards across the field. We're gonna call on you when you got something. Just just go for it." And I'm like. What? That, that's all I got. That's all I got. I'm like, wait, what? Okay. And it was fun. So the first couple of times was a little rough, even though I knew what I would want to say. But being on camera, hearing the producer in your ear, that's that was a whole new ball game. But but, but it was you have fun. you have interest in this kind of stuff, right? You were telling us before we started that you've started like 
Sacramento's first podcast, right? Or I don't know about first, but you did a podcast for Sacramento, right? Yeah, I did a podcast. I got the club's approval. I had wanted, I mean, when I was playing pro, you, you get off of work at 1130 noon. I, I've always wanted to like strive and do other things and, and not really just sit down and do nothing. So yeah, we started, I started it with our team chaplain. Um, his name's Robert Briggs and he's still the team chaplain at that, at the, at the club there. Um, and it was called inside the Republic and we would do a weekly podcast and we would bring in different players. We'd bring different, like a fan and have different, we would always have three people on it. Um, and it was really fun. It was a cool experience. And I felt like it gave, uh, the fans cause it, cause it's Sacramento. I mean, there's a great fan base here, but Sacramento has a, a bigger fan base hmm. and it was a little more intimate. Like it, it was called inside the Republic to really? know a little bit more about who we are. You I mean, know I, know I know they have a, a very solid fan base. Yeah. Um, cause I mean, they were, they were going to be MLS for a while, you know, yeah. and then things fell apart for them. Yeah. I'm not sure what, do you know what happened with, with that? Um, from what I know, like the main, the main investor had pulled out for reasons I do not know. Um, but, that's I think that's just kind of what went into. It. I don't know if it was the market in Sacramento that they weren't weren't the projections weren't there. I I have no idea, but I know the main investor, which I believe he he owns the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm pretty sure he's the one who per, pulled huh. out. What do you mean it was more intimate or the fan base there? No, yeah. So every game. Well, first of all, every game at home. I think they they might have changed the name of the stadium, but it was called Papa Murphy's Park yeah. when I played there. Yeah, and. The um, I could you can never hear there. You can never hear. Like here, I can hear. Like talking, I can communicate. There, you had to learn like hand coordinations and eye contact. Um, so you mean like on the field while you're playing. Correct. Really, yeah, you could never hear. So that was one thing. Um, the second thing is uh, they would. You know how the fan we 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 do it here too or San Antonio. Um, we go by and say hi to the fans, sign autographs, all that. You'll do. You'll do that. Um, there's just. There's just more. There's more. There's more people. That's all. Hmm. Um, and the way the stadium uh, sat, just people all would be just like this one, like on top of you. Um, really intimate stadium. Is it a bigger stadium? Yeah, it's a bigger stadium. S- seats more. Yeah. Hmm. It's just if you would add. If it would be the same setup, but the at the area where we have the jumbotron here at. Um, Toyota Field, mm-hmm. it would be double decker, like it would go higher. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that would be the only difference, and that, but that would be like filled. Hmm. So it was pr- pretty cool. That's where the band would play, where we have like the the Budweiser bunker, right? That's where they had like the VIP section. You could sit like couches and and tables and stuff, but the band wasn't on that side. They're on the other side where there's like the most people. Um, so you didn't want to be a goalkeeper on that side. No. <laughs> Well, inspiration for friend of the pod, Vamos Toros, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. To get some more fans behind there. <laughs> oh, my God, Ben. What a legend. <laughs> all right. I got to – who wants to try to guess? I'll let you both guess, all right? Okay. I looked up your current transfer market value on transfermarket.com. I did, too. Oh, and I, did. Was, I, was ama- I was amazed. Don't be amazed. Let's let him guess. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I love you it. You still have one. It's career yeah. career salary game, almost. Like You're not listed as uh, as retired. I'm a free agent right now? You're still available. <laughs> and I guess they'd have to pay James of the James Gang this amount. Care to guess? 
You want to go first? No, I, I saw it. I looked. So I'm guessing <laughs> what my own value is? Yeah, we, we, well, we, now, we like, did deep I mean, research over, on you, Hayden. I, I think too highly of myself. If I'm under, it's like, damn, bro, you're yep. shit. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, we were talking about Jose Gallegos earlier, 500,000. Yeah, I'm not I'm not Jose Gallegos. Weren't you saying true. that transfer market's always high or low or something? Someone it was depends. just saying this tonight at the field. It depends. I, I, yeah, it wasn't me talking about it. I don't know. You don't have to guess if you don't have to. 100,000? It's pretty close. Yeah. What is it? 165. Yeah. 165. I'll take that extra 65. <laughs> exactly, right? Like, you're, you're cut off of that, dude? Like, that's a nice what little is that? What, what currency is that in? Dollars. It's yeah. in dollars? Yeah. Well, yeah. the one that I saw was in was in pounds, pounds or, uh-huh. or, or like. Oh, no. This well, was, that's, that's more, This though. is transfer market. No. Sure, like, 165. Yeah, well, this you, was transfer market. You know when you US. go on transfer market, it's like, they're like, you're using the European yes. version. Would you like to use the American version? And I never say yes. But, oh, I always say yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, wants to, he, uh, he wants to be, like, the true fan. Yeah, yeah, I'm all, I'm all fancy. Yeah. <laughs> that's impressive, though, bro. Like, I'll take a, that. Jeez. That's a, that's a hundred. But like that, between the three of us, that's that's a nice little chunk right there. That's one hundred sixty-five thousand dollars more than I ever got transferred for. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, it's kind of nice. Like you should get that if you retire or something. I just love that you're on the James Gang, and we can say that our our team transfer value is one sixty-five now. Right. <laughs> Well, and that's that's that brings me to some Matthew. Did you have somewhere else that you wanted to go after that? I got questions, and they're ready whenever. Go for it, Clay. I'm I'm interested in that. Kind of brings up. Uh, I know we've talked uh, in the past that you've done some work um, with regards to um, labor relations in in the USL, or, or that you're you've you've expressed interest in that kind of stuff. That that like collective bargaining and things like that, and like the players' union and um, can you talk a little bit, a little bit about that and like what, what you've done or what, what, or why it interests you? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I was at SAC, um, was kind of the early stage of the USL PA. Um, and I was a rep there. And then when I was, when I was here at San Antonio, I was a rep as well with Matt Cardoni. Us two were the team rep that would sit on the meetings and kind of voice the players thoughts, concerns, whatever it may be. Um, but the whole goal was just to kind of give um, a level of standard that needed to be across the whole league, right? Because like I was telling you earlier, like on trials, you could go to one club and the standard is just like really terrible. And then another, it's it's done properly. Um, so we were a part of that. Um, I'm pretty sure they, I wasn't in the league when they actually came to a, an agreement on a collective bargaining Right, agreement. and I was going to follow up with yeah. that. Like, I think that I read something on the USL website that there's now, and for, and for our listeners that don't know exactly what we're talking about, there's no real collective bargaining in mm-hmm. for at the USL level. There's mm-hmm. no, the, the owners and the players aren't, like, there's no contract between the players as a whole mm-hmm. and the owners as a whole, right? Well, I think they yeah. did it this offseason, right. didn't that's, they? Yes, that's okay. what I, yeah. But, th- so we're talking... Minimum salary, yeah. per diem, travel yeah. money, basic yeah. working conditions for, yeah, for hours, maybe for yeah. for employer employee relations. There's no, but until just recently, there hasn't been anything, anything like, like yeah. in place. And just that's like, something that interested you and something that you you've tried to push for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I try to get into my like job now that I do. One thing that I'm like super passionate about, and it's it's a long shot right now, just because how far behind the league is on that um uh is just retirement like having hmm. a basic retirement set up for everyone uh safc does their their benefits for the players are way 
you know, higher than the average level across the league. Um, but I'm super passionate about that because, I mean, let's say let's say Jose Gallegos didn't go didn't go to you know where he went to overseas, right? Say he played in the USL for 12 years and he had, didn't have retirement, and then he's trying to train. He didn't have he didn't have a degree or whatnot, and he's trying to get in the the you know labor force out outside of soccer. Like what what kind of situation are you really in? No, this I mean these are basic yeah. issues that we're facing like yeah. as a country right now. Yeah, and, and and now you know it seems like workers are kind of getting a little bit, you know, gaining a little bit. Of kind of like let me ask you this: like at, at all the stops that you've made, has insurance always been offered to you? No, it has not always been offered. I mean that's offered. some. And if it is, it's it's like what stupid expensive health insurance. Yeah. But I guess if you're injured in the game, they're going to cover that. Yeah, yeah, it's different. Yeah, if you okay. get hurt, if you get hurt um, in the game, there's wor- workers' comp situation, as well as they don't even do that. They just pay for the doctor's visits and physical therapy, right? And mm-hmm. then you're good to go. Um, but then what com- can come into play after that is like um, injury and workers' comp uh, and attorneys and different things for. Like I actually had a guy from California reach out to me one time because I had so many, I had two knee surgeries at Sacramento, you know what I mean? And there's things that will be affected the rest of my life while I was working, you know, for the playing for the club. Mm-hmm. But so there's other, th- there's a lot of things involved um, that the standards are not at the level of like MLS, right? Um, the the league structure is a lot different as well. Yeah, I mean, um, in that that like it seems like the individual ownership groups. Are, are have more power than the than the USL league like central office. D- does that make sense? Yeah. Whereas with the MLS, it seems like the MLS is a central that kind of dictates. Matthew, would you they're, would you agree with that kind of? They're truly franchises like McDonald's franchises. Yeah. Like you get the standard issue MLS jerseys. Yeah. And the advertising package yeah. and the sponsors. Right. And MLS like a team doesn't come into the league unless MLS says it's okay. You know, Don Garber is well, the godfather, you know, like he, uh, he controls everything. Whereas USL, like n- no one even knows the name of the guy that runs the USL. I know it's that some bald guy, like, I don't know. I don't know what his name is, but, but it's each individual club is kind of, you know, their own little fiefdom, right? Yeah. Like, and there's no real, there's no real, like each feudal Lord kind of, t- yeah, <laughs> kind of runs his thing. And that's what made it tough. Like with the USL player union and stuff is because, you have the league, and the league has their requirements that the each club needs to withhold, and mm-hmm. then each club can choose and do whatever they want within that, right? Um, like MLS players, their their contracts with MLS, it's not with their team, right? So like here, I, my contract was with Spurs Sports Entertainment, right? So it's a little different. So it's hard. How do you go to the league? to then make them enforce what the clubs need to enforce mm-hmm. when you have to almost go to every single one of them. So it's just, it's just, a, it's kind of a, the structure wasn't thought out at the beginning. Um, and it was now playing catch up. And that's interesting that you bring up the whole like retirement stuff. Cause like there are guys that have put in 12, 50, like that mm-hmm. Corey Herzog guy. That's yeah. like the, the, the all time leading scorer, you mm-hmm. know, like, and like he spent 15 years Playing, you know, playing his trade in the USL for different clubs. Yeah. And well, I, I mean, mean, when you got people that go to Wake Forest, like you could have been making money on yeah. Wall Street right. instead of playing soccer. Yeah. And instead, now you're 27 and starting. Yeah, and that's a big thing. Like, not to go full circle to back what we were talking about earlier when I was saying I slept in cars and skipped meals and stuff. But if you play in the USL, I have a huge 
found respect for players that play in the USL, right? Because it is a grind. Like, it's just an all-out war. If you're at lower-level le- football, it's not like some lavish life and all this. You're literally on the daily grind. When you first start out, you're probably making barely any money to, you know, live paycheck to paycheck. And you work up to a certain amount um, to where, all right, now you're in a good spot. Way, 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 way more than the average American. But it's still not like Buku's where you see Ronaldo and all these guys. You okay. Know? Wait, that's like the top question we get. Yeah. Is- and even with Joe, baseball fan that mm-hmm. I bring to a game, mm-hmm. who's someone's career dad. salary game. Should we play the the Hayden Partain career salary game? Whoa, I wouldn't. If, know. Would you be? Would you? <laughs> be I wouldn't com- be comfortable. Would you be comfortable, Hayden? At, if if we played that game, the career salary game, like where I just close all of my no, salaries. No, no, no. I want to get. I want to get unpersonal. Okay. All right. Go ahead. So, like, what's the? I think they have a minimum salary in the new collective bargaining. Is I that don't right? Know. I, yeah, I don't know what it is. But when you were playing, what was the least a player on the team made and what was the most a, player, oh, a teammate I've, made? Oh, there we go. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. I've heard, you know, so the most I've heard <coughs> a guy make was like 140, under 40,000. The most. Of the a most. teammate or in the league? In, of a teammate that I knew, okay. right? And he was getting his housing paid for and everything. In so addition to that. Yeah, so it's, and that's another thing that a lot of, clubs taking up like they feed you breakfast and and lunch every day every training so I mean, like, so does a school I yeah, work at. I no mean. i know i know i know i get that i get that but if you think about all the things that you're getting you're getting chiropractor you're getting this you're getting benefits you're getting mm-hmm. paid you're getting your house paid for some people will like vacations every yeah. other weekend well, the, and housing's a huge to expense. exotic and places housing's like a Sacramento. Huge expense, especially yeah. in california like yeah. yeah it was the housing was stupid okay and then the last um, guy on the team the, i've heard uh, so i've had people where they literally paid for played for free to get their foot in the door really yeah oh well i mean like all they our academy ca- kids well yeah they have that but i'm saying like literally paid for played for free like literally only got housing and wasn't getting paid and he was a, a real pro a grown-up and not a 19 year old yeah yeah wow i think he had a girlfriend that was like his baby mama but uh-huh. but i mean if that works for his situation it, it it works you know to be honest like to be totally transparent the the standards of the league um and and the way my last season went and covid and whatnot and my play my stock as a player made it really hard for me to continue playing because i i'm married my wife is getting a degree so it's i'm like the single income like having to you know hold down the whole household it just wasn't the best decision to continue on especially if i wasn't staying in sacramento or in san antonio but also and i'm gonna guess this but at the same time i bet your first chance that first stop that you made out of Wake Forest, I bet you probably would have played for free, right? If they had to paid for your housing, you think? Uh, yeah, heck yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So for some people, it for some people that works for them, right? You yeah. Know? But I also had been in the league for four years, so I had worked up to a point where, like, sure. if someone on the team heard that I made that, they would, you know, raise their eyebrow, like, okay, that's pretty good. You know what I mean? For so sure. I can't go down. Okay, from that. I'm a big picture guy, so when. Joe Schmo asked me, what do these guys make? Like, in MLS, I kind of can approximate. Like, if you're a starter on a team in the USL, I could tell you what a teacher makes, right? Yeah, you can't – I can't answer that. Really? It's, it's so – it's too, there's Yeah, there's too much of a range. Okay. Let me ask you this. You know how they – with the USL, they always say, as per league agreement or whatever, 
they're not disclosing the terms of anybody. Yeah. Why do you think that is that nobody's that nobody's set? Like we know what everyone makes in the MLS. They they publish ev- what yeah. every person makes. But why why with the USL? Why do you think they wouldn't they wouldn't do that? Do, to, because they realize that it's such a well, individual. Let's just oh, let oh, him. Sorry. Let's sorry. let him yeah. answer. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's a great question. I I I asked the same question to be honest. Um, I I would think that. It would reveal that the standard is way lower than what people want to th- want to think. Like the shiny object on the outside is one thing, and then on the inside, it's not as put together as. You if you learn that the right back is making twenty two thousand a year, yeah, you might be like, "What the hell am I yeah. watching?" But the thing is, too, you got guys that are in the MLS and they're on loan, right? And those guys, like the minimum for MLS is could be double what the average mm-hmm. in USL be. So you got guys. I mean, it's tough. Think about being in the NBA and you got LeBron James and then you got the like rookie NBA player. You got a guy that's making literally a hundred times the other. Like, let, let, let me ask, do you think Courtney Ford last from last season was making more money than anybody on the team? Do, I mean, do you have any, do you have any idea? Yeah, I'm sure him and Kamiri both were. Yeah, I guarantee it. MLS yeah. is like a hundred grand a st- like that's their minimum. That's the minimum. These days. I can't remember what the eighty. They just 60, raised yeah. it recently. I believe it's seventy five. Yeah, it's surprisingly high. But for me. but that's like base without without bonuses and stuff like that. And was was SAFC were we obligated to pay their wages no, while they, they were on loan with us or from or yeah. an MLS agreement on an MLS loan to the MLS guys still do the MLS team still pay those? Do you yeah, know? Yeah, it's a play, it's a player to player scenario. So if they're on loan, most of the time they the MLS has their contract still so they're just playing here and we get to have them as a player whoa and we're not paying so it, no wonder we love that yeah yeah so <laughs> i mean it depends it depends i'm sure there's you know mls is like oh you got to pay for their housing or whatever it may be it all it, every player depends it depends on how bad that team wants that player you <laughs> yeah know? sure um, okay i got some questions to get to bring it i gotta i'm gonna grab i'm gonna go outside the car for just a second and grab my uh free kick material because how are we doing on time great all right uh well this from a listener listener josh it's kind of related to what you're talking about practice earlier yeah did you have a game day ritual or routine um i was i didn't have like i don't believe in like oh i need to put my left shin guard in first or any of that stuff yeah um but my routine was i would get up in the morning and i would go for either a long walk like like a mile or two or a a light jog um and stretch and just do some light yoga just just stretching not like a full yoga exercise and i would watch football in the morning like prim or bundesliga or whatever and then um my meat my thing that i was like really anal about was i would eat meals i would eat my breakfast at the same time and i would eat my pregame meal at the same time and then i would take a nap at the same time really so that's kind of my the way I would do it. I would eat exactly four hours before the game, um, and I would eat the same meal. It was pasta, pasta with like a light meat sauce, hmm. and then um, I would drink a lot of Pedialyte, and then that's that's basically it. I would say um, how I had the structure, um, and now that I don't play, I'll be totally honest. It's weird how freeing it is to not have to be so like uptight about sleeping every like sleep getting the right amount of sleep every single night 
eating right every single day, all that kind of stuff. Um, I didn't, I didn't realize how much, not trying to toot my own horn, but I didn't realize how much of a professional I was until I didn't have to do that anymore. Or perfectionist. It kind of, it kind of like, it, it ruled my life. Yeah. Because when I had family come in, not to get all sidetracked, but when I had family come in, like from on, uh, fly to California, come here and visit, they would stay with us and I would make them leave the house like when I had to take my nap because they'd be loud and they would disrupt my nap because I needed to feel rested for the game. I had that down to the Well, yeah. I mean, I'll never get over the story you told me a, a while ago about your mar- your wedding. Oh, yeah. And your honeymoon. Yeah. Oh, Can yeah. You, are you comfortable sharing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I asked like four months in advance when I was playing at Sacramento to have my wedding on Memorial Day. We didn't have a game that weekend, so it worked out perfectly. I was like, I want to fly back to Dallas, get married, and then I'll come back. We have an open cup game, or we were projected to play open cup game on Wednesday. Um, so I got married on Monday. I stayed the night Monday. Um, I flew back Tuesday and I played in the game Wednesday. And I still today have not had my honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> you got like one day off for your yeah. wedding. Yeah, that was it. But That's crazy. It was worth it. Um, if SAFC was really cool, they'd give you that transfer fee. So you could go and, and, have, and, have, and have that. Come on, SAFC. Be cool. Free Hayden. Yeah. Hashtag free Hayden. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, what? Ready for a real question? Yeah. What simple thing could SAFC do to make it better? And you can take that like however my, you yeah, want. From my, like from my experience or like now? However I want. Um, like realistic perhaps. Yeah. Realistic, okay. And it could be a soccer thing. It could be a stadium thing. It could be a community yeah. thing. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great question. Um, Do you want Clayton to give it a shot? Or? No, <laughs> I, I have no. I, I, yeah, I want Hayden. Think, like, let me think. I mean, I'm very strategic. I get one answer. You know. Well, you know, I don't want it. I don't to want feel to be like, broad, but I want it to be like specific from what. From I don't the knowledge I hold uh, what I think could actually be, and happening. I don't think it needs to be a negative thing like uh, no, no, like oh they're messing this up, but like what's an opportunity maybe that they're just not swinging it out of the park, hitting it out of the park or something. I don't know. Okay, well yeah, well I would say the first thing we go to talking about amount the amount of Sacramento fans to San Antonio fans. We're in Texas, like we're in south, almost South Texas. We're in Central Texas, but. How do we not have the stadium sold out every game? Like, in my opinion. Yeah. I'll, say, I'll tell you this the first thing. And this isn't, like, hammering anyone in the office on the team. But I am I just really get confused by that because there was a time that me and um, Hunter Gorski, we were being our entrepreneurial spirit people. We went down to, like, a Best Buy or something, and we were talking about whatever. We were trying to find, like, a piece of equipment. It's actually for a podcast, funny enough. And so... Uh, we were talking to the guy, and we're like, oh, yeah, we play for the team here. And both of us had just moved here. We were in preseason. And they didn't even know the team. And we looked at each other, and we got in the car, and we're like, wait, how? they're like a mile down the road of the stadium. How do, we not, how do they not know that there's a team here? You know what I mean? And being from Dallas, like, Texas is just a hub of footballers. Like, it's, the level here is high. And I know Sacramento is different than Dallas, but – even Dallas, they don't sell all their state their 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 stadium either. Oh, their tennis now, is terrible but, every year. But for me, when I go back, all the fans that listen to this, what was playoffs like this past season? 
How great was that? It was awesome. It was amazing. Why is every game not like that? Okay? Is it because the club hasn't shown results in the past? Is it because whatever, like, we're not touching the right markets or, you know, we're not connecting with the clubs. I, I don't know what the question, what the answer, million dollar answer is, but as a, as a person that when I played in a stadium and it was tough because COVID, we played with no one in the stadium, but we should be, the stadium here should be where you can't hear. You're doing sign language as players to try to communicate. And if you have that, you're going to have a team that's successful because they feel the te- the fans behind them. Like, they fuel off that. I remember every single, like, block shot in the playoffs last season. Mm-hmm. As, a, as a, a commentator, I was like, dude, those games I actually missed playing. All season I was okay, and then those games I really missed playing because I could feel, like, the electric in the air. Not, mm-hmm. not going to my kicking, kicking and screaming uh, – uh, verse, but uh, yeah. Well, that's a good point. Like Matthew and I have talked about, like early on. Remember Matthew when they'd give, um, they'd have like on certain nights when they bring in all the airmen from like Randolph and stuff like that, and they'd give like yeah. you know whatever tickets they hadn't sold, they'd give like maybe a thousand tickets to mm-hmm. to the all the airmen you know mm-hmm. at Randolph, and they'd bust them in and yeah. stuff like that. We don't see we don't see that much anymore, and I don't know whether it's. Whether well, they, but I don't think that gives the atmosphere that he's talking about. No, it's it's that's it's, that's it's butts in the seat, but that's no, not no. people that want to be here. People that, that are engaged in the game. That yeah, are well, but it's, and it's still marketing. It's still marketing, though. You was know? it wasn't the playoff atmosphere like like we've talked a lot about how the fans here are so much more educated than they were five years ago. Oh, for sure. Like for five sure. years ago, they kicked the ball out of bounds, and everyone's like, "Woo!" And it's yeah, like, "Oh, that's yeah. actually a bad play." No, yeah. I remember a boo hitting like a nice. Like switch, switch. He like hit a side. It was like a half volley. Just pinged it across like five feet above the the grass, just on a rope, right? And and I heard a couple of applauses, and like yeah, that, you started to get for a that. little thing like that mm-hmm. is huge because yeah, then you know you got fan education there. Yeah, I've yeah. pointed that out a few times that like you know people like, and I'm not trying to like take from the English, but you know like. When, when you play the ball out of pressure and play it into a space where, where there isn't pressure and everyone gives the, you know, the clap because right. they appreciate that. You're starting to see that here in yeah. San Antonio now. Yeah, but that, I wouldn't say that's all on the club either. That's also on the, on the culture of the fans. And that's, it's, it's a full ecosystem, really. You know, I mean, you, you, got, you got a lot of kids that should be coming to the games, not just like SAFC Academy. And I know they do different nights and themes, which is great. But there should, in my opinion, there should be, a full stadium of people that are committed behind the team. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Um, you've been to a few different places. Have you seen anywhere at the USL level that has an academy like we do? That you th- that you think is as, as good? Yeah. Or, I, I don't know, you can, you can take that question however you want, but I'll just say an, an academy like us. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, I mean... Because, I mean... S- Sacramento had an academy. It ran... It, like ramped up a lot more after I left there. They brought in more coach, coaching staff. Um, I would say the academy level, like the academy setup here is good. Um, I think I played a little bit with FC Dallas Academy and I felt like the level, and I'm, I don't know if it's because it was MLS club, I felt like the level of academy players there was higher than oh, well, sure. I mean, they, they that's, the, that's the best they academy bring, in America. They, they yeah. bring, Half but, of our national yeah, team I mean, That's the only other you. reference point of academy that I have. You yeah. know what I mean? So, so maybe, that, maybe that answers the question, you know, yeah. that, that there are, there, as far as USL teams are concerned, there aren't really many that have academies, right? No, they're, do, no, they're doing it right, in my opinion. And, and, and again, 
like going back to the market of SAFC or uh, San Antonio players, it's not like the hottest spot. So I feel like with the resources they have, they're doing a really good job. You know what I mean? Because they have it from top to bottom. The coaches that are in the academy are involved with the first team stuff. So it's like they they kind of have a system that they're teaching everyone, which is which is pretty cool. And that's the way they have it set up in Europe. Yeah, I was like, do you think SAFC is running this show as like as it's it's always just going to be a minor league team, or do you think they're running it thinking that one day that we could be, you know, MLS? And 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 granted, yeah. Austin's come in since we've and there, there's that, yeah. but you see what I'm you see what I'm getting at? Like, yeah. do you, do do they approach it from just kind of this is like the redheaded stepchild, or do you think that they that they are in it to win it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think I think they're definitely in it to win it. I don't know what their like long-term goals are as a as a club like MLS wise. Um, but no, they're in the USL. They want to be the best. They're in the USL right now. They want to be the best in the USL, like without a doubt. Um, you saw last season like they're trying to they're competing. They're competing for championships. Um, I, I I don't I don't really know that much on that end but they're not here to like just hey this is another year like we're running a club no they're they're ambitious they're they're grinding they're really trying to like make a name for safc okay it's 2051 (laughs) and we're in this parking lot you're 57 is our car gonna be a flying i'm 74 (laughs) yeah right we flew here for the game uh what is this team going to be here? Is this league going to be here? What's this going to look like? Or is that a stupid-ass question? No. I, <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's a stupid-ass question, but I feel like it's so far out, we can only have stupid-ass answers. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. What well, I'll let's say, though, move on then. What I'll say, though, <laughs> is I, I, what I would like to see is it, I think it would be really cool if USL under, underneath MLS could do an umbrella of a pro relegation system. Like have USL championship, USL one, USL two. Mm-hmm. Now the structure of that was gonna be is gonna be so hard to like get investors and and owners to kind of buy into it because it's not really the American way. We're but bought in. It'd be cool. I, I mean, all the fans are bought in. Yeah. yeah. But like, if you go from USL championship, get relegated to USL one, and the USL one teams, if you look across the board, like the markets are a bit smaller. Right, you have like five thousand to ten thousand stadiums here. You have like fifteen to twenty, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? How detrimental will that be? You know what I mean? I mean, those games are all on ESPN, so the TV rights can't change like that big, True. that different. True. But like rev ticket revenue, I don't know. I'm trying to just think of it as a business perspective, um, but I think that would be cool. Okay, that might answer my next question, which is your commissioner for the day, for a day. USL for a day, Jesus, not long enough. There's too many changes. Okay, you're commissioner now. <laughs> what do you change? <laughs> um, yeah, well, pro rel would would be a talk, something to talk about. Yeah. Um, I would have a going back to the benefits, a uniform thing across the board. So, like, if you're on one team and you get traded to another team, like, say you're at Phoenix and you're on a high payroll, and then you get traded to Tulsa Roughnecks, like. It shouldn't it shouldn't be um, that big a different um, difference because because the, the level is still there you know mm-hmm. what I mean like you're playing in the same league you shouldn't be treated differently you think it's good or bad that the MLS two teams are leaving I'm just asking 
hot seat questions now. MLS two teams are leaving. So the MLS two teams. There's only going to be four left this year in this USL. Yeah. And they're all going to be gone in 2023 because they're forming an MLS reserve league. Yeah. Is yeah, that good for USL? Uh, I'll be honest. So, I mean, all my answers. I'll be honest, but. When I was playing at Sacramento, all the MLS two teams were crap. Like they were young kids; they were basically academy kids, and they're trying to make the. It was the it was the best place to put them, to get, to make that jump to the first league. So I was like, no, these teams need to own their own team and be their own franchise because this is a waste of my time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was playing against kids. Um, so that's my. It's changed now. It's changed now. Um, I think it's good and it's bad. And the first thing. What I just answered is why it's good, right? Because now teams own, they are paying players, they're not on academy contracts or maybe just getting moved around with first team, second team, all this stuff. But then you're not going to be able to get higher level players in the league, right? Because you're not, they're not going to go on loan. They're not going to see that. Why would they have, why would like a Portland Timber team that has a reserve team, why would they put that player on loan mm-hmm. with another club? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They can keep everything in house. So and they can keep their eye on that player, and they can r- r- run the the team and the philosophy and everything. Like if you go to another yeah. club, you have to learn a new system. You like, have to learn right. You Jordan Peruza comes here and plays right wing. Yeah, and so it's like totally different than what he's used to in Toronto. So, um, I think it could hurt that way, but it doesn't mean those players could be put in a position to where they have to make a decision. Right, they're either in this reserve league where they're playing in front of no one. Um, or they want to be like the man and maybe quoted a lower league, but they can make bukus for that team. Mm-hmm. Maybe that is MLS type money um, and play in a league that, you know, it's thriving and has fans and whatnot. You know what I mean? Um, it's interesting. I mean, I'm interested to see how it pans out, but that's what I think, that the yeah. pros and cons to that. I think it's going to make it harder for SAFC because now there's no walkover games. Oh yeah. There's no. Yeah. Just... No, it's definitely gonna make things harder. But it, you go look in the youth leagues; they're just diluting the crap out of the talent. You know what I mean? You got ECNL, you got Academy, yeah. you got MLS Next, you got. All... I'm like, dang, dude! You could have. There could be two kids on each in each of those leagues, and you don't know why do not we not have like one super league that has everyone included in it. If you're good enough to be in it, you're good enough to be in it. Yeah. It's not an amount about the patch on your arm. Yeah. But. That's business in America. Okay. Do you have more questions, Clayton? I don't really have any more questions. Maybe maybe some naturally will flow. If you have some more, we can keep them going. Or where are we at on time? We got about eight minutes maximum. Oh, then I think maybe we need to move into free kicks. <laughs> Is college <laughs> soccer still relevant? Oh. <laughs> there we go. National oh, championship a, yeah, player. That's a great question. <laughs> it's, it's relevant for the right people. Mm. Um, all the college play. I mean... All the college players now, I mean, even when I was playing, it, it wasn't the goal was to get go there and sign pro, right? Really? Yeah. That was the goal? That, that was the goal, but there, I mean, my class were a bunch of smart individuals, and a lot of the guys in my class still play pro, um, but they stayed and got their, for, they got their degree, right? We did it like in three years or three and a half because we wanted to go play, but uh, I don't know. I look at the level, and... I'm not saying that the level's worse or anything, but I just don't have... I need to go watch, like, my own games and look back, like, was the level like that when I played? Um, but there, there's just such... 
easier avenues now for players to go pro. Well, you know what I mean? I'll kind of follow up. Do you think that there, for some people, that that is the right path rather than that that's the right path to to be able to to continue keep playing soccer? To, to retire as, at 27 with a Wake Forest degree instead of retire at 27 from the the Norwegian Super League. Right, exactly. Yeah. Nothing. Like yeah. Walker Zimmerman, you yeah. know, like... Yeah. Uh, well, he made it, at least. Right, but you know, you but see what I'm saying? What if you yeah. do all that and you're 27 and yeah. you play the OSL and you have nothing left? Yeah. Like, yeah. maybe Walker Zimmerman playing for, like, somebody's developmental club or whatever wouldn't have, like had the attributes that he did if he had, if he wasn't playing college. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah. Like, I think I think there's a lot of guy there's a lot of diamonds in the rough that and there's a lot of players that I know that are probably even be, like way better than me and they didn't get a look. It's just the the way our system is there's a lot of players that fall in the cracks. Um but yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough. I mean, you a player that wants it, they not only have to be good and and persistent and adamant and and fight for themselves to get to where they want to be, um, but they have to know someone. Timing, all, all. There's so many different aspects. But I, I think co- college is a good route. And if I'm looking at it as as a parent perspective, um, I, I would I would really want my kid to go through an academy that's with the MLS. And the reason I say that is if they sign a pro contract and they take away their college eligibility, MLS has a set, has a system set up to where they can get their degree online, right? USL doesn't I have that. that. USL doesn't have that. Okay? What do you mean? What's MLS's thing? It's, I believe it's like Southern New Hampshire University or something. I know a bunch of guys that did it, that like got their master's, which is awesome, right? And they pay for it. So it's like a part of the benefit. So if they want that, right? But if you so look, let's like the army, like the GI Bill for the army. Yeah. So let's look at the two options here, right? You finish high school, you can sign a USL contract for thirty thousand dollars for the next three seasons. Okay. You don't go to college to get a degree. You play for three seasons. You do well. Um, Team doesn't ask you back though. Okay. Like, what do you do at that point? You didn't have enough money to do something with that to even now go to a school. You can't get school paid for. What happens, right? Mm-hmm. If you do that at an MLS level, you could have. You probably made six figures. If you have smart parents that at 18 years old maybe guided you, they could help you have the resources to then go to school or you could have started school while you were playing pro. You know what I mean? So for me, if they do it through MLS, it's just such a better position mm. if it, for them to have a fallback rather than USL. That's my opinion. So if I see like a young kid signing USL, not going to... Not going to, um, not going to college. I'm like, somewhat like worried. Like, oh, was that the right move? Like, I hope it pans out for them. I hope they. I, I look at the positive. Like, I hope that player kills it. Like, I really do, because the downside is really bad, in hmm. my opinion. Hmm. Uh, speaking of opinions on whether the kid's gonna kill or not, is Jose Gallegos gonna be successful? Oh yeah, for sure. Nice, I yeah. love, dude. I love that zero hesitation yeah. with that. <laughs> no, I that love kid, it. Yeah, that kid. He believes in himself. He puts his head down. He works. He doesn't. Like he never has bitched and moaned. Like he, he's a great listener. I remember, I remember he. I would tell him some things, and I even thought about this. I wasn't playing at the time, and I gave him like some advice on something that he. I felt that could help him in his game. He does doesn't didn't wasn't like oh you're not playing like why are you talking to me blah blah. blah. He's like. Yeah, that's none of this. I'm the chosen. None of this. I'm the chosen one. Vibe. Never got. Not never got. Never got any of that from him. I'm gonna go back. Go back to an old podcast question. Then, Uh, 
how many Jose Gallegos are there out there? Is he a once in a generation player? Is he a, every year? Is there one of him every year in San Antonio? Is in there San Antonio, like in in the U.S. In the, or San no, Antonio? in San Antonio? In San Antonio, like yeah. are there Jose Gallegos floating around the, that just haven't been how found? How long till no. there's the next seventeen year old killing it for this team? <sighs> year or two. This oh, is, that's I, it. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say like. I mean, I don't know. It's hard now because you got Austin knocking on the door on all these local clubs. They could be pulling those players away. You know what I mean? Well, if they go to, I'll, I'll, if they're from San Antonio, so, oh, okay. Well, then I'm going to be looking yeah. for a year or two the next Jose. All right, Matthew, are we moving on to free kicks? Yes. All right, free kicks portion of the program brought to you by Trevino Tile. Three generations, Trevino Tile has been taking care of all your tiling needs. Trevino Tile, ask for Big Willie. You know, I saw Big Willie at the rehab center. From Whoa. A, from a broken butt. Oh, really? Yeah, he was there for his broken back. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And uh, we talked about our new cards with the schedule on the back. Okay. Had a great conversation with the sponsor, impromptu. And, uh, and he's and he's on board. He committed. He recommitted his sponsorship for the year. I love it. I Thank love it. Thank you, Willie. Yeah. It's free <laughs> kicks. Matthew, you got a free kick for us. I don't. Today. And it's good because we've only got two minutes for you to free dominate. Free kick. For coming, you two. Coming off of a spectacular weekend of FA Cup soccer in England, where some amateur teams or almost amateur teams beat high, big profile teams. Question to Hayden Partain: Have you played for an amateur team in the U.S. in the U.S. Open in the in the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup? Yeah, Des Moines Menace. And so at the time they weren't professional, and you played for them. How was that experience for you? Was that was that something that was very very cool? And did y'all play against a professional team? Um, yeah, it was really cool. We actually. Ended up losing in, like, double overtime to go and play against Cincinnati, FC Cincinnati. Um, so I didn't get to play. But when I was with Sacramento, we got to play as a quarterfinal or the round of 16, which I think might be quarterfinal, at LAFC where we played, um, excuse me, Carlos Vela. Oh, is all, that where you kicked yeah. Vela three times or something? Yeah, I got, no, that was preseason game. So, I played him twice that year. So there was something special about the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup, you thought? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for like sure. it, was, it wasn't just another game. He to played you. against Carlos Vela. I know. That's I saw like, Carlos Vela that year in Russia in the World Cup score yeah. a goal. So I'm going to throw out, I'm going to throw, so they just did the draw on the U, Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup, and in under a minute, I want to, all our listeners, I want them to look up the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup and find, find a team. Whether it's the Denton Diablos or the, the, the <laughs> right, or uh, that's kind of what I, I thought. guess we get. Or, it. That's or whether it's now. Escondido FC or Lynchburg or Ocean City Nor'easters or, or the Lansdowne Yonkers, find find a team. <laughs> Just find a local team hey, and uh, support is, them and follow them through the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. All our listeners, do that. Find a team and then text me and Matthew or email us and let us know what your team that you're going to be following through the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. Wow. Yeah. When did it kick off? It starts in March, but they did the draw today. They did the draw today, and that's that was my free kick. And who's, I think, your, who's your Borumwood? Have you think, chosen yet? Well, it's, it's SAFC. Like, oh, we're think, in it. Yeah, we're, oh, wow. we're in it, but I want everyone else <laughs> to find someone else, all right? So thank you, Hayden, for joining us.